Hi, my name is Steve Williams. And I'm Clara Williams. We would like to welcome you to our new podcast, Voices from the Choir, Oh Happy Day Reflections. This podcast is about my journey growing up in the San Francisco, Oakland Bay area, along with my cousin Diane, my childhood friends Kathy, Donald, Arva, Gwen, and Arva and Gwen's cousin Ron, and our time as members of the Edward Hawkins Singers. We'll each share stories which began with singing in the Northern California State Youth Choir of the Church of God in Christ. Our incredible journey starts when we recorded an album that included the song, Oh Happy Day, which changed our lives. We've never shared these stories until now. Over the years of our marriage, Claire has always wanted to tell the story of this life-changing event. I'll be your host through these nine episodes as we hear from these voices from the choir. Our special guest is Donald Casimir. Donald's family were longtime members at Ephesians Church of God and Christ in Berkeley, California. Donald's journey was impacted by the Vietnam War. His view is anchored from being transported 3,000 miles away at the time of the Edwin Hawkins Singer's worldwide exposure. Donald's story gives a glimpse of the Edwin Hawkins Singer's experience that goes beyond my protected world as an 18-year-old in 1969. During my senior year at Berkeley High, a family friend lost his life fighting in the Vietnam War. But at that time, I was swept up with my own euphoria of the Edward Hawkins Singer's first national tour. Let's listen to Steve's conversation with Donald. So, you know, we um, are so glad today to have this conversation. Thank you, Donald Casimir. And continuing this conversation on um, the original members of the Edwin Hawkins Singers, actually the Northern California mm-hmm. State Youth Choir. Right. Transitioning into the Edwin Hawkins Singers, everybody's been sharing their stories. Right. To really give an insight of um, what it was for that transformative event mm-hmm. in the year of 1969-1970. So we're just really thankful that you allowed us to really be a part of that. No problem. Glad to be here. How's it going today then? It's wonderful. It's a good, good day. God is still good in spite of everything that's happening and all the knuckleheads we got in our world. <laughs> God is good. That's good. So, uh, Donald, why don't you, you know, say your name okay. and, and, and also tell me, how old were you during well, that time? That was 69, let 68, me, 69. Let me frame this thing. I, I graduated from high school in 1967. I went into the Air Force in November of 1968. In between that time, I was singing with the Northern California State Youth Choir under the direction of Edwin Hawkins. Um, and that was uh, my involvement with, with Edwin Hawkins. Now, I think, I'm trying to think back to when I started. I think I was probably in my senior year in high school when we started. And we were just singing at different church events and musicals and that kind of thing. Um, but we recorded uh, the album, Let Us Go Into the House of the Lord, I think was the name of it. And we did that one, and uh, I was singing in that, and I had a chance to do a uh, three-person lead for one of the songs, and uh, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed singing. I enjoyed, uh, I've always enjoyed singing. I sang in high school 
in the Harmoniers at Berkeley High School, mm. the Concert Chorale at Berkeley High School. Uh, when I was in uh, in the service, I went in in 1968. I was in for four years. I sang in the Keesler Air Force Base Male Chorus in Mississippi. Right? <laughs> yeah, I've been singing all my life, man, <laughs> and loving it. Yes. Um, and so that's how I got involved. It was through the church. I was a member of Ephesian Church of God in Christ. My mother and father were uh, uh, staunch members there. And that meant we were members, and yes. I was a member. Yes. And I sang uh, because I love singing. And we had a great choir. Yes. Under the direction of Edwin Hawkins. And it was under Bishop E.E. E. Cleveland was our pastor. Uh, and I don't know when he passed, but he was the leader of that church. And so he was our spiritual head, and Edwin was the person that led us on in, in the music arena. And now, Ed... Edwin wasn't always at um, Ephesian Church. He was at another church prior, right? Yeah. I don't know of any other church that he was at. Okay. I think that he was. Ethan Grove, I think. But relying was. on my experience, I came to know Ed when he was the choir director and the organist for Ephesian Church of God in Christ. And I was in the choir. That's how I came to know him. Yes. And now your family, you had other family members that were a part of right. that also. Yeah. I've got uh, five siblings. And one of my uh, sisters, Benita, was in the Northern California State Youth Choir, as was my older brother, Ronald. He was in the same choir. My younger brothers and sister were a little bit younger, and they played instruments in a church band, but uh, they weren't part of the, the Northern California State Youth Choir. 67, and you made the decision to enlist in the Air Force. Well, in 1967, I graduated from uh, high school. Okay. I was working at the time as a police cadet at the Berkeley Police Department. Always wanted to be a cop. Mm -hmm. And so I was working there as a, as a cadet. And uh, the war was raging. The Vietnam War was raging. I went to uh, 67. I graduated. Went to Merritt College. And within, within the course of a year, I went from the dean's list for achievement to academic probation. I was not focused at all. The war was raging. There was a draft. Um, I had to register for the draft. I did. My draft number was number 11 mm. out of 365, mm -hmm. one being the most likely to go, 365 the least likely. So I was on my way. Mm -hmm. Vietnam War was raging. And so I didn't want to go in the Army or the Marine Corps. I'd watched all the newscasts. I'd seen people coming back over here in, in boxes, yes, flown yes. into yeah. Travis. Mm -hmm. I'd seen the news reports. I didn't want to, to be uh, in the infantry. I didn't want to be a Marine, so I joined the Air Force and uh, became an air traffic controller. I left all the, the Hawkins singers or the Northern California State Youth Choir, all that stuff. We left it behind. And I went in the service. Mm -hmm. And November 22nd, my 19th birthday, November 22nd, 1968, I got on a plane and I was gone to uh, Air Force Base in Texas, Lackland Air Force Base, mm -hmm. basic yes, training. Yes, of course. Mm -hmm. Air Traffic Control School in Keesler Air Force Base, Mississippi. Then on to duty stations, including a year in uh, Thailand during the Vietnam War. And stayed over there for a year. Launched airstrikes all over Southeast uh, Asia. Sat in a little radar unit. Brought the planes back. Launched them off. And it was a heck of a job. I enjoyed it. Uh, so I didn't travel. During that time, the Hawkins, the choir and the Hawkins singer, they were traveling. Yes, like, yes. Like in the Summer of Soul, that concert, I was overseas. Somewhere. Yes, yes, yeah. that's interesting. And we're going to, okay, we'll get into some yeah, detail, yeah. detail about that. But you were there for the recording. 
Yes. So when you were at Ephesian, how did that decision and Ed invite you into the Northern California State Youth Choir? Well, I'm trying to figure out how we made the transition. Um, as I think back, I'm thinking now that we sang with so many other church uh, groups in concerts and, and musicals and that kind of thing. I think Ed just uh, pulled together a group of people that he felt that he wanted in each of his sections, baritones, basses, altos, tenors, sopranos. And uh, I sang uh, baritone bass at the time. And uh, I was invited to, to become one of, the, one of the group and enjoyed it. The makeup of the group mm -hmm. that, that I've noticed, which is Ed was very talented in terms of his mix and mm -hmm. what mm -hmm. kind of sound that he was looking for. Mm -hmm. Having sang for as long as you had, what, what did you think about what was different about what Ed was putting together than mm -hmm. what you had been involved in in other well, choirs? What I had been involved in, my... my, my background in music as far as I go back is in high school when I sang for the harmonier there was a guy named Bob Pearson who was a musical musical director and he had the ability to pull people together and pull the best out he would tell you he knew what he wanted to hear and he'd pull it out and he taught us how to rehearse and how to practice and how to warm up so the basics and stuff like that I picked up in high school when I was singing with Edwin it was clear that Edwin had the ability um, to pull the best out of every voice that he had. And he was very particular, but he had a way about him that he didn't offset you or upset you or make you mad. He'd push you and pull you mm -hmm, to get what mm -hmm, he wanted, mm -hmm. to get the sound he wanted. But Lord, when he hit that sound and we were singing and we hit that sound that he was trying to get, you knew that you'd hit the sound. Mm -hmm, it was beautiful. Mm -hmm. I mean, you hit it. And the spirit would come in and it would just, it'd be magnificent. So singing for Ed in that he was a perfectionist, but he had a way to pull the best out of people without alienating them, exhausting them. I mean, he'd work you hard, but you'd want to do it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So my experience with Ed is that he knew exactly what he was doing. He was extremely talented. Some people in the church tried to say he was uh, maybe going too far, too secular. Uh, not religious enough or whatever, but, you know, he was doing what he had to do. It was his mission. It was in his head. God gave it to him, and yes. he was running with it. Yes. So, yeah. and, and then how do people define that not too secular thing, you know? Well, in the church, uh, they expect they, being the older folks in the church, the church leaders, they it was a holiness church. And uh, they wanted you to be holy. <laughs> they didn't want you to be worldly. They didn't want you to be holy. They want you to be different. Um, but Ed's thing, in my opinion, was that, hey, I'm trying to praise the Lord with the instrument that he gave me. And that's my ability to bring music out of people. Mm -hmm. And he did it. He did it. And so some people said that we, some of the songs we sang were maybe not quite, they weren't like... Uh, gospel anthems or, or religion but ed had a new sound that he was trying to bring out and he brought it out and some people couldn't uh, relate to that others that could and who could receive it were blessed by it leaving at that time right after the recording when was the first time that you got a sense that something was happening at this other place while you were gone well, probably, let me see, 68, I went in, 69, I went to air traffic control school, 
a year or two after that, I went to Thailand and I was, I was overseas and, you know, with the, the racial divide and all the stuff that was going on in this country, all the black GIs were in one place listening to music. And we started to hear this song, Oh Happy Day on, I said, hey man, we recorded that. Wait a minute, who's, let's hear that. <laughs> and uh, I said, yeah, I sang in that. They said, oh, you didn't. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. And I started to hear more and more of that. And then I got word from my family, from my parents, that Benita and Ron were touring with the group. And they went to New York. Yeah, yeah. They were doing yes, stuff. Yes. They were doing stuff. And they went to other places, too. And I said, boy, I, I kind of missed out on that. But, you know, the good Lord has plans for everybody's life. And I was following my plan. And I did kind of, you know, wonder what it would be like to be traveling like that and singing and that kind of thing. But I, I had word that they were singing and that they were doing well and they were well received. And the albums were selling. They started to have more than one album. And uh, yes. I said, well, that's cool. But I wasn't part of that. Okay, so I, I'm, I'm going to ask you something here, and it really has to do with with the music from that uh, album mm -hmm. and that Ed put together and the words that were a part of that, mm -hmm. right? And prior to you leaving and, and knowing that your journey took you someplace else, mm -hmm. um, the, the choir and the, the putting the album together must have been an amazing experience. Mm -hmm. How did that speak to you from where you were at that time? Well, it just let me know that I was in exactly the right place. I mean, as that came together and we were singing and recording, it wasn't just the album that let me know I was in the right place, you know, with the uh, Northern California State Youth Choir. The music that we were singing was ministering to others and it was ministering to me too. Uh, I was trying to explain to my wife what it is like when you are singing in concert with other singers mm -hmm. and then you put 100% into it, the director's pulling some more out of you, and then the Lord shows up and what that feels like. And it was absolutely amazing. And I was telling her it was a thrill of my life to be singing in those songs and recording that. Uh, just thoroughly enjoyed it. And I was blessed by it. Before the album, right. Donald, did you go to the Youth Congress? Uh, we went to, you mean the, the church meetings? The, the, no, the convocation that happened back east. In most of that stuff, that um, the traveling and maybe the convocations and all that stuff, perhaps that happened after I was gone. Mm -hmm. I, I cannot remember, um, but I, I don't remember those things happening when I was present at them. In terms of, of the, the gospel artists and the music around that time, who were you listening to? Who were influences, especially having sung for such a long period of time? There was a lot of incredible talent in the Bay Area oh, yeah. from a gospel standpoint, but I think it was kind of, it hadn't broke through, right? Yeah, it, yeah. It, it was in its area. It was in its thing. And, yeah. and if you were in the church, you knew who they were. Sure. But if you weren't, but so who were some of those? Was that? Andre Crouch was a big one. I mean, we heard about a lot of Andre Crouch music and heard him sing and, uh, and watched him deliver. Tremaine was huge on her own, in her own right. Uh, she was with the uh, Northern California State Youth Choir. Yeah. Stand alone, that woman would stand in flat out sing. Yes. And out sing just about. She was in the caliber of uh, Aretha Franklin mm. and all these others, and still is, mm. as far as I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. And so, so it was them. It was the Gill sisters were singing. There were other groups. Uh, Gail Smith 
and her brother Godfrey had some music that they were playing, some groups and that kind of thing. But I'm trying to think of any other big name folks that we talk about. I'd always listened to James Cleveland and his uh, his records and all that he came from. Always listened to that. Um, yeah. What do people think about Billy Preston, those that made a jump to popular music? If you transitioned at that time from gospel to pop or whatever you want to call it, you take a hit for that. Now, Billy Preston was a tremendous musician and he could play the, uh, the organ. Yes, he could, he yeah. could sing. He yes. was gifted. Donny Hathaway sang some stuff, oh. too. Roberta Flack, Donny mm, Hathaway, mm, they mm. sang some stuff that was powerful. Mm. It may not have been considered uh, church music, but it was it was powerful. Giving up. I'm thinking of Donny Hathaway, and I hear him singing, giving up. You know, and it's just, you know, stuff like that. A lot of the music that I listened to was, uh, well, some of it was secular. I mean, because it spoke to me. And you don't have to sing religious music uh, to drive home the same kind of a point. You know, you don't give up. You keep pushing forward. You know, God is on you. And they mentioned God in those songs. They would, they would Donny Hathaway would go there. And uh, Roberta Flack, uh, Aretha, they all sang that stuff. When you were finally hearing that the, the music was actually making inroads. Right. Right. And it was actually breaking out. It wasn't making inroads in the church, but it was making inroads into the secular world. Right. What did you think about that? I thought that was it's probably just a natural course of things. I mean, if uh, if and we talked about uh, we're Christians, we talked about Jesus and his teachings to us. And that music was ministering to people who needed to hear it, who couldn't hear it through the traditional gospel realm. But it was a message that was coming to him of hope, of life, of, hey, here we go. Um, and they could hear it. And clearly it was effective. And to those who wanted to knock Ed or others who tried to uh, take traditional gospel music and take it to another level, mm -hmm. I think that's it's to their misfortune. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because clearly Ed was on the right track. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people, when there's change that comes, a lot of people can't handle that. They don't want to see it. They they will misname it, misrepresent it, call it other things. But clearly, you know, if you're going to make change in this world, sometimes you got to take some risks. And Ed took some risks. He really did. You sang in a trio. You sang a trio selection mm -hmm. on the album. Mm -hmm. And what was that? Mm -hmm. I heard the voice of Jesus say, come unto me and rest. And now if there was a song that ministers to me, in 2021, it said, I'm, I'm needing to hear, and I hear the voice of Jesus say, forget all that insanity, the political craziness, racial animosity, all these knuckleheads parading as patriots. And I'm a military veteran, I'm a former cop, they're knuckleheads. But I hear that, and it just, it just makes me know that we were on the right track when we were singing. Mm. We were singing hope. We were singing life. We were singing love. We were singing tolerance. Um, and that's exactly what we needed to do. If Jesus had been walking around here in 1968, 69, he'd have done the same thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Some things have impacted me all my life, or at least in my adult life. When I was 17, 18 years old here, I was in, on the way to be a cop. It was not popular for a black kid to want to be a cop in the 60s and 70s, particularly the late 60s. What do you want to be a cop for? They're beating us. They're killing us. Well, it's your problem. You know, Uncle Tom, what? no, I'm not Uncle Tom, but I'm going to make a difference, you know? And so 
I have always been able to, I won't say not care what people think, but not let it stand in my way of what I need to do. Uh, that has had dividends and it's had created problems, but you know, I just believe in doing what's right. No, look at it, your path way you see it and nobody else has to approve it. You know what I mean? And that's, that's the Lord has to approve it. Well, the, well hopefully he's leading it. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and you're following oh, it yes, and what that is. And I know yes, that we can struggle with things and stuff, yeah, but, yeah. but understanding it. So what was it then when you're, you're in a foreign land, right? Mm -hmm. You're in the military mm -hmm. and this thing starts to, to blow mm -hmm. up. How were others around you embracing that? Now, you mentioned, you know, the, the segregation that existed in the service at that time, and you, the brothers were picking up on it and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And did it go further beyond that? Yeah, it did. But let, let me be clear about one thing. In the United States military, uh, in the 19, late 60s, 70s, there were two militaries. I mean, there's one military, but the black GIs were separate, lived separately. Mm. The white GIs lived separately, right? Um, here's an example, Keesler Air Force Base, I was singing in the Keesler Male Chorus, and we wanted to go into Mississippi, and we wanted to go sing in different venues, and we were singing gospel music class, and we were singing all kind of good stuff. There were some people that said, nah, we will not have you guys coming in here singing because you got, you got colored people in your, in your group. Well, so the colored people are all wearing Air Force uniforms, serving your country. They want to come sing. No, we're not going to have that here. And so that kind of drove home to me the fact that, yeah, you know, we are all wearing the same uniform, but we're from two different places. And we're at the same place now in time and history, a couple of Americas. And just as an aside, keep your eye on developments because we ain't through with some of that craziness that we had a few years ago. We're not through with that. It's coming back. So anyway, it just drove home to me the importance of, I was glad that I had music to fall back to. And I can remember in Thailand, I was 13,000 miles away from home. I was gone for one year. I remember flying over there and realizing that it'd be a year before I'd see my mom and daddy again. Be one year. You ain't going back for another year. And so you settle in, but the music is what helped me. The albums the tapes, the CDs, all that stuff helped me to make it through that year. And it's helped me all my life because it's something that had grounded me to the truth. Now, I'm, I haven't lived a perfect life my entire life, right? I'm not a fellow that can cast a first stone. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> hey, no, I can't do that. Yeah. But I will say that uh, it's something that I have returned to throughout my life. And it's been part of my life and a guiding force in the life. I think that's really one of the things that's hard for some people to understand, even though I think music is popular for a lot of different reasons and it speaks to them. But the, the thing that specifically for me, and maybe you can you can talk about that, is the difference between um, a musical performances and when this Holy Spirit becomes a part of it. And that's the one thing that I think is that, quote, secret sauce of Ed's music and that album what do you think about that? Do you, you know, in terms well, you, you of you got to have mm -hmm. the spirit has to be part of it. One of the things that I was uh, that I enjoyed in watching Summer of Soul that they were talking about the spirit being in the music, and they would say some people would get involved in the spirit to come in. That is a very real thing, 
because I've also uh, tried to sing or do things and the spirit wasn't in it and it didn't quite end up the same. But when the spirit came to it, it brought a whole new level of expression and freedom and the ability to deliver that. It's not easy to sing uh, song after song after song and do it and do it well. But I think that, you know, Ed told us, you know, we have to pray, we have to fast, we have to be ready to do that. And he wasn't a perfect man. None of us are perfect. But we had in common uh, the knowledge that we had to be real about what we were doing, involve the Lord in it, seek the Lord before we do anything and ask his guidance and direction and his participation and ask his blessing. And when the blessing came on it, there was no other feeling like it in the world when you're singing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No other feeling. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you look at people, you, you're a few feet away from them, you're singing, looking into their eyes, <laughs> they putting everything they mm -hmm. have into mm -hmm. it, you're laying it out there, and I can just see the Lord smiling and say, man, put some stuff on them people. Bless all those people. Let them go. Empower them. And that's what it was like to me. And I'll never forget that feeling. When you returned yes. from service, yes. what was it like? And where was the music at that time, where was the choir and those sort of things? Did you ever consider, well, think about, you know? Okay. Let yes. me tell you where I was. Okay. Uh, I was in another mental state. I was in a war effort for 12 months. I didn't walk through the jungles carrying a rifle, but I launched wave after wave of fighter jets, gunships. Uh, we brought them back. Some of the planes were shot up. Some of the pilots didn't make it back. Um, and I came back. I was kind of bitter to be honest with you. And the basic reason is that I was a young black man, came from Berkeley, went over with that effort fighting, fighting for freedom or fighting for your country. You come back and you still can't get respect around here. You still can't get it. You don't get it from the crazy people on the other side. You don't get it from your own people who say, well, what are you doing in the military? I remember taking my military uniform and when I came back and taking the name tags off, the rank insignias, I took all that stuff off. I wish I had not thrown that stuff away. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I was, uh, what's the word? I was not in a good mental place. And then I went directly back to the police department. I mean, I was on the street four months after I came back from oh, the military. Oh, you were? Oh, okay. I'm cruising the street. They didn't yeah. even send me to basic training. Mm -hmm. They said, we train you on the street. We need you to get out on the street. And so uh, I immediately went to work. You know, they say don't do, don't make any major decisions when you have a life altering or life experience that is significant just wait a while you know and i remember coming back and i did some things i shouldn't have done i got married right after come back within two months oh wow never should have done it mm -hmm. married an old girlfriend from the church mm -hmm. and uh we to this day we you know we are still friends but we never should have done that right and so there's some things i should not have done uh but i did them but uh you know the Lord is merciful and graceful, and he takes care of us. Yeah. So I came back. I was not in a good frame of mind because of that. And I came back to Berkeley. I mean, they had riots in the street. Black Panther Party was, I got a cousin and some others who were involved in the Black Panther Party. They looked at me like I was crazy. So you're in, let's just get this straight. You're in the police department now. You just came back from volunteering to serve in the military. And now you're back to Berkeley. What's next for you? <laughs> Yeah, I have a high threshold of pain. What's right? next for you? And my response was, I'm just doing what I feel I have to do. And I don't have any ill feelings for people that didn't serve in the military. I don't, 
Muhammad Ali, one of my heroes, he went to jail rather than go to that mess, right? And the Black Panther Party, I was involved in uh, police oversight and police work for a lot of years. The Black Panther Party, a lot of people say they were terrorists or whatever. Those brothers did what they had to do to stop these cops from killing black young men on the street. I don't care what you say. I tell people they were the original police review board mm. because they showed up and said, you ain't going to do that no more. They did it in a way that scared some people, but people needed to be scared. We were scared. So anyway, so I came back and all that stuff was going on, but the Lord worked it out. You came back to the church at that time too? Well, I came back. I came back. My daddy and mama were still in the church, but I was not in a mindset mm. to really just jump back into the church and into the choir because the choir, Hawkins singers and all had moved on. They were doing their thing. So I did not come back and become super active in the church when I came back. I didn't. It took me a while to work my way back into that. But you still reference the music. The music was oh, still yeah. a part of you. In the terms music of, has in always been you. a part. And that's one of the things about it, I think, that it's kind of the, the spiritual mental health that we don't get an opportunity to really know what that's really about. But you'd already leaned on it. You'd already trusted that that was something that those right, words could right. speak and to. And then yourself. I'll say this, too. The Lord is merciful, and he is graceful to us, and he, he loves us, and he doesn't throw us away. He doesn't, uh, he doesn't do that. He welcomes us home, and he uh, restores us. And he fixes us. And I came back and joined a local church here in the Bay Area and wound up singing in their men's chorus and back to singing again in church, you know. And it, <laughs> it was a wonderful experience. That's so good. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, is, yeah. that is so good. One of the things that uh, I think that uh, would be great, because I think a lot of people, uh, at least I anticipate a lot of people listening to this, and this is really so great for you to share your particular story because it is so unique and so different from everybody else and stuff. When you went into the service, did you have other friends? Did you have other people that you knew that went in at the same time you did? Uh, yeah, but there's different branches. I mean, we didn't go the same route. Mm -hmm. I had a, my best friend wound up going in the Marine Corps. Uh, another friend went also into the Corps. Another one went into the Army. But young men about that age who were being drafted or trying to avoid a draft were going into the service. Um, and, uh, and so they went, but we didn't serve together. Right. Yes. We didn't serve together. Mm -hmm. Um, and we, we met along the way afterwards and we talked, we shared ideas and experiences. Yeah. And it was good. So what do you take as the best, not the best, but your major takeaway that you continue forward for you, which, which really interesting because it seemed, it seemed like it was very tight and very limited, but yet it sustained itself for quite a time and still is sustaining itself. Well, when you can pick up, what was helpful for me is I'd pick up some of those old albums and I would look at those albums and I would look at the pictures on those albums and I would look at the faces and there were friends that I had a group when, when we were in high school and before I went to service, the seven disciples. We got together and we sang. Well, we were pretty good. Mm. We, and I look at those guys, some of them, Malcolm Mitchell, Saunders Strickland, others were in the Hawkins Singers, in the uh, Northern California State Youth Choir. And we, we reconnected and talked. Um, but some of the best discussions that I had uh, when I came back were with uh, brothers that I grew up with in the church and out of the church who had gone through the military experience and came back 
and sitting down just talking about where they were, how they were feeling, what issues they were having, uh, what's, what's going on with them, how, how is their faith sustaining them, you know? Uh, we were young men. Anytime you take a young black man from Berkeley, the Bay Area, you put him in the military with a group of other people, you send him 13,000 miles from home, you leave him there for a year, there'll be some changes. There'll be some changes. You know, my parents were uh, staunch church people, but I remember after getting over to Thailand, after about two months, I, I kind of slacked off on my writing home. I didn't write home anymore. I was at home, you know, I was doing what I had to do. And my mama would send me pictures and candies and cookies and all that stuff. And I would say, that's cool. We should pass them all out. But it was uh, the mindset. You that were point, in that place. I was in a place right there and I had to stay there because I wanted to go back at some point back home here. Yeah. Take your yeah. whole, your whole self back home. I want to go home yeah, at some point, but I wasn't in a hurry to go home. I'm going to tell you, I enjoyed the military. I enjoyed Thailand. I enjoyed the culture shift. I enjoyed living off the military base until we lived off the base until uh, the war started to wind down. And uh, they forbid us from going downtown anymore. Couldn't live downtown, had to live in little barracks. So we always had that opportunity but we um, to live on base. But um, we chose to try to go downtown, mingle with people, hang out, you know, just enjoy it. It's a cultural sh a shift in shock mm -hmm. in Thailand. I could I, I, I could only cultural shift. It was yeah. fantastic. And then, you know, we had the it was a black experience and the white experience. I worked with some white GIs and some Thai GIs, but never socialized with them. And, and in fact, that was the one of the things, Donald, that really amazed me is in typing in Oh Happy Day on YouTube and seeing the thousands of replies on it, a lot of them were military servicemen that were saying how much they leaned on that song and that music mm -hmm. when they were in perilous situations. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That, that really, it helped. Was, yes. It really did. You know, and you would play it and people would say, Hey, you know, Don's singing that. Mm -hmm. He really did. Even when I had one of the album covers, some kind of how I got that or something. It had my picture was on there. Clara was in a picture. We were at a beach, San Francisco or something. And we were all at the beach and taking our picture. And then one, when we were recording, at Ephesian Church, and we're all standing there on the Let Us Go Into the House of the Lord album. And you can see these people standing. You know, these people you knew. <laughs> and to look at that and go back and, you know, tell my kids, there's your daddy right there. Your mm -hmm. daddy could sing. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? Here's your uncle and your aunt. <laughs> we sang some songs. <laughs> I love that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So that's it. Well, that's awesome. Hey, thank you for, for sharing that, that those were such... Uh, moving things. I really appreciate that. I really do. I bet you tell that to all the guys. <laughs> and I thank you for <laughs> right I thank you for showing up oh, and no taking problem. the time out of your day no to problem. really be here. Donald. Thank you for having me and every good wish to you, Clara. Health and peace. Absolutely. God's grace be with you. Please keep us in prayer. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. All right, man. This episode was produced and edited by Stephen Clara Williams for Kite Flyer Productions. Listen and follow for free wherever you listen to podcasts.